Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into another edition of. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to start that over. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Monday morning. It's a new episode of Corner 3. As always, the Corner 3 Podcast presented by our friends at Mechdyne. You can learn more about them at mechdyne.com. M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E. It's mechdyne.com. Scott Christofferson, what's going on today, my man? Man, just uh, licking my wounds from a long weekend. Cyclones uh, had a tough game on Saturday. Uh my, I'm a, I am a Packers fan. That was a, a tough one to take in uh, Saturday nights, but uh, all in all, I'm doing well. Yeah, the sports gods did, were not on your side this weekend, Scott. Uh, I think they they had seen how much fun you had while Iowa State started the season 13-0 uh, and 0 and said, this, that's enough of that. It's time to get this guy back. I think that's yeah. what I saw. Yeah, no, they're making me uh, put on a different hat than what I've had to this at this point, having to be a little bit more uh, critical and harsh. So mm-hmm. you know, trying to get comfortable in that skin for a little bit here. Yeah, Hopefully for, not long, though. No, for Much no, more for fun sure. to, to be positive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, 59-44 loss to TCU on Saturday at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, 44 points is the fewest points Iowa State has ever scored at Hilton Coliseum. Uh I have now covered the two games where Iowa State has scored the fewest points ever at Hilton Coliseum, something that if you'd told me when I started covering this program 10 years ago that I would have the distinction of that, I probably would have called you a liar. I would have wondered why you're making things up like that. Uh, but, man, a uh, display of offensive ineptitude, I think, would be the the best way to, to put it. And it was uh, very frustrating – um, and I kind of wrote this in my column because it, it felt like you all of a sudden had, a, had some guys trying to do things that everybody knows they probably can't do, you know, and that I think would, is probably what's frustrating even for the coaches where it's like, man, we got guys playing out of character. What the hell are you doing <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day? So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was, it was a tough one to watch offensively. Um, I agree. I agree that, you know, I, I think that what I saw is a team that has lost its identity offensively. Um, and, and, you know, early in the season when this, when things were rolling, you know, the defense was really creating a lot of offense for this team. And they were also able to get them through, like the Creighton game comes to mind. And they got them through the first 10 minutes of the game. I think they scored like two or four points, but they were still in it because of how well they were defending. 
the good news is, is that the defense and the energy has carried over into big 12 play, but we're kind of to the point in the season where if you can't execute in the half court offensively, you're not going to win basketball games just with your defense and your effort. And I thought on Saturday we saw, I don't know if guys were frustrated. I don't know exactly, you know, this is where you'd have to be in the locker room to know exactly what happened, but it seemed like there were guys that were trying to hit the home run consistently and it, it shot them out of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the the frustrating part of that as a coach, the frustrating part for the fans is 59 is a winning number on the defensive end. You know, if you can, if we can just buy in and find some, some discipline, some execution, attention to detail in the half court on offense, like that's a game you could have gotten and a game that this team really needed. So, you know, I, I, I think collectively, like I, I did a little Twitter video yesterday. I think this team just one through nine needs to do some self-reflection on the things that they've done consistently. Cause it doesn't, if you're not doing it consistently, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. What are you doing consistently to help this team on the offensive end of the court? What's your job? What's being asked of you? And the tough part is sometimes as a player is what are you consistently doing? That's held this team back or what have you done in your poor performances this year? What's the, what are some of the common themes? And once we identify those individually, it comes on the players to start eliminating that from their game. That's to me, what has got to take place for this team moving forward to rebound from what we saw on Saturday. Yeah. I just felt like, especially in the second half, there was a lot of moments where it seemed like guys were trying to, they were trying to take and make a 14 point shot, (laughs) which I don't know. I assume, you know, this, I don't think that that exists in the sport of basketball, Uh, but it felt like it got to a point where every time they got the ball, Oh my God, we got to make it happen right now. You know? And once you start to get into that mindset and you start to press you feel that pressure of the fact that you're playing at home, you're not playing very well. You need, you can't let anybody down and things like that. And you start to do some crazy stuff. And it just, I mean, some of the shots that they were taking in the second half of that game were just the contested threes, the threes early in the shot clock. Even if you're open, like there are guys on this team that quite frankly, I don't care how open they are. I don't want them to shoot the ball. <laughs> if there's thir- if there's 25 seconds on the shot clock, you know, or 20 seconds on the shot clock, yep. you can probably get a better shot because some of these guys, again, are just not consistent enough shooters to feel really comfortable with that when you haven't really run any offense. And I don't know, like you said, that takes some serious self-reflection. It takes a lot of self-awareness to understand that, like what your limitations are. But if you want to be really good, you have to know those things and you have to not be fighting against them, you know? And I thought at times it seemed like they were fighting against their own limitations against TCU. Yeah. I, I don't think that, you know, to be fair and try to be honest, right. We're 19 games in, like, I don't think anybody left that game and said, man, we didn't play hard, mm-hmm. man. We didn't leave it out there on the defensive end of the floor. And I also don't think I haven't had anybody mention it to me on social media. And I didn't walk away from that game being like, man, that guy was out there kind of playing for himself today. I don't think it's like a selfishness type of a thing. I think that they're starting to get a little bit frustrated on the offensive end. And I think that they're starting to press. And I think certain guys are starting to press a little bit 
and they're trying to make that 14 point shot. They're trying to negate a TCU run or go on a run by themselves, as opposed to just continuing to be patient, continuing to let the game come to them. And that would go a lot better for them if they would take better care of the basketball and stop making the same silly turnovers. How many times do we have to throw a cross-court ball reversal pass without looking to check to see if the guy is open, where they get it and they go down and dunk it on us before we say, you know what, I'm going to make the adjustment next time and I'm not going to throw it until I see that he's there. Those are the things that as a coach would drive me crazy in addition to the quick threes or the quick shots by guys that have kind of proven through 19 games that that's not really where their stroke is at. Right. And I thought that you could like, it really came through when, you know, you come out, you make the nine Oh run to get back within 36, 33 and felt like you had all the momentum. The arena was hopping again. Everybody was back in it. And it's like, all right, here we go now game on, you know, and then you come out, you turn it over twice uh, and give them easy buckets um, on the, like that exact thing. And it's yeah. silly, it's silly stuff. You know, it's, it's not just, Oh man, you made a small mistake because you were going hard. It's you made a mistake because you weren't thinking, you know, you weren't, you weren't doing what you needed to be doing. Slow down, you know, and, and here's the, here's the part about, you know, self-reflection individually. But I think as a team, this is the reality that this team needs to come, come to when you're a team that can effortlessly put 75 or 80 on the board, you can maybe get away with right. something like that, because you're, you have enough firepower to overcome it. This team in big 12 play cannot have a two minute stretch like that and overcome it on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. It's just not, they're going to have to guard, grind it out on the defensive end, hold teams to 55 to 60 points, maybe 65 and struggle to get to 65 to 70. That's, that's the battle that they are going to have to fight night in and night out. And you can't afford to spend seven possessions with untimely threes. You can't waste five half court possessions and hand them eight points on dunks and layups because we're just not going to pay attention to the details of what's being asked to be executed. I've had a few people ask me or mention about, you know, different things that they can run. I'm all for different strategies and mixing up some looks. And, 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 and I'm sure that the coaching staff is probably reflecting on that themselves. But the truth of the matter is there are no magic plays to overcome inattention to detail and poor decision-making. So no matter what they're trying to run or accomplish offensively, if all five guys on the court are not locked in to executing what's being asked of them, the way that they do on the defensive end, it's not going to work. Right. And I thought, you know, two perfect encapsulations of that came on baseline out of bounds plays where, you know, they ran a great set, ran a great set to be able to get a wide open look right underneath the rim. And both times you smoke the layup, right. you know, wide open layups. I mean, it's not, this isn't, you've got two seven footers coming over to contest this thing and you're throwing it up crazy. It's no, you're standing square shoulders square to the hoop and you got to just put the ball in the freaking basket yep. and you smoke them, you know? And that's, that's the attention to detail. That's the focus. That's the, just do your job, you know? Right. And when you have those kinds of things happening from a foot away from the hoop, 
those carry over, you know, and those are the things like when I saw that happen, I think that was on Iowa State's second offensive possession. And I know, you know, you told me that the TV was behind the TV copy was, was behind because of whatever game was going on before Iowa State tipped off. But, uh, that when I saw that, I was like, Oh boy, because I just, it told me that there was not the lock-in that you needed, you know, especially at home, especially against a good team. Like you have to be locked in and like this team almost needs to treat every offensive possession they have like points are worth half the amount that they actually are because points are just at such a premium in their games and -hmm. points are too important. You know, one point feels like five, but you need to treat it like it's worth half of a point because it's like, and we just got to keep, we have to hold on to the basketball because if we're going to come back, we have to stack these things on top of each other, you know, and we have to keep the basketball because we can only do that if we can stack them on top of each other. And it just seems like sometimes they just get into these moments where, you know, they'll have this slip, this really short slip in, uh, in, in their mental lock-in and you miss out on two or three points and the other team goes and gets a transition bucket. And all of a sudden you're down five. Well, with this team, five feels like 10, you know, and you just, you can't have those things. And that's what holds them back from being able to go to that next level. And it just, that's, what's really frustrating because you know that these guys can do it, but just, they can't go a 20, 20 or 30, 40 minutes without having more than a handful of those or less than a handful of those moments. Well, they've proven that they can do it for four minutes or eight minutes. And I think we've even seen them spend an entire half doing yeah. it. As a matter of fact, the Texas game, that was a really good offensive game for them. You know, Tyrese played a great floor game and, and they got contributions from everybody. So we've, we've even seen it for, you know, essentially a full game, but you've got to do it night in and night out. It needs to be as consistent as the defense and the effort has been because this league is too good mm-hmm. to, you can't get away with playing 18 or 22 minutes of quality offensive basketball and winning this league. It just, the margin for error is too small The teams are too good. If you want to grind out wins in this league, you have to be as locked into detail and execution on the offensive end as you are in the defensive end. And for their seven games, that just hasn't happened enough. And, you know, can it get fixed? Can it get going in a better direction? Yes, but it's not going to just get fixed with energy and effort. There has to be execution. There has to be decision-making, the quality of decision-making has to improve the attention to detail, the picking, the cutting, the being in the right spot when you're supposed to be there. That has to go from the film room correction into application on the court. And until that does, I think we're going to run into a lot of what we've seen so far where we're in games, we're competing. That's obviously a step in the right direction for this program as a whole. But if we're talking about getting to the tournament, if we're talking about, you know, trying to win a game or two down in Kansas city or in a tournament that has to get changed or it won't, none of that will come to fruition for them. That's just the the reality of where we are. Right. And, you know, I think the thing that in recent years has been frustrating to people like the tail end of the Steve Promera, the thing that got so frustrating, it got frustrating to me. And I think even the 18, 19 team, which was probably the most talented one that Steve assembled. It was the most talented one that that Steve assembled. It was by far his best team uh, after his first two. Um, 
the one-on-one stuff, like the amount of times that you had to watch someone just go one-on-one and cook, like that got really frustrating for people, I think, because the offense got so stagnant and it just was gross. And a lot of times you didn't have the talent that you could, that you needed to be able to do those things. This team doesn't does do those things, right? but they're equally frustrating offensively because they still do like, they do things that are still just like frustrating in the same way where it's like, someone starts being a weirdo and taking shots that you know that they shouldn't take, you know? And you're like, man, I'm like, I'm glad they at least like moved the ball to get into that scenario. And it's not someone dribbling the ball around for 20 seconds, thinking that they're Kyrie Irving and going to go and put someone in the blender, you know? Yep. But at the same time, like they're not getting good shots. Like they're not running the actions they need to in order to create good offense more often than not. And like, I, I almost think that playing a slower tempo would be better for them. You know, like, it's like they tried too hard to play fast offensively for some reason. And I don't like, sometimes I don't know why that is. Yeah. I think they need to be opportunistic. You know, if you get a steal and get out in transition, right. um, you know, but even that, like, and this is where, when I talk about decision-making on Saturday, they were, they had a two on one early in that game. I think I texted you about yeah. this. It was Tyrese and Gabe. Yeah. And they're a two on one and Tyrese is coming at him. He's got a chance to build up his speed and you can tell he's trying to set Gabe up, Gabe up for a three, which, you know, I'm all for Gabe taking some threes, but when we've got a two on one, I mean, Gabe's not shooting 45% from the three point line. No, it's not Tyrese McGee out there. Yeah. And a two on one is as good of a look as this team is going to get at getting the ball on the rim and putting pressure on the defense. And we just kind of give that away. And we don't even get a three at that. We didn't even get a three point no. look. Didn't get a shot. They didn't get a shot off the entire possession. They turned the ball over. And I'm not, I'm not picking. I, that's just one example. But when we talk about the decision-making and the basketball IQ and awareness, those are the sorts of things that this team has to capitalize on. So when they get a chance to get out in transition like that, take it and capitalize. But if there's nothing there, I'm with you. Let's run clock. If we get a, a inside out three, let's take it. If we get a paint touch and something on the rim or a dump down to a big, let's take it. Otherwise let's get this thing down to 12 seconds. Let's either get the ball to Isaiah and an ISO or get the ball to Tyrese up at the top in a ball screen and let's play out of that. And then if we have to take a, a tough three or a, a step back, whatever, with six on the shot clock, because we couldn't get anything better in the floor of reference, fine. That's okay. I just don't want that shot with 20 seconds to go on the shot clock. Right. Because there's nobody on this team that's shooting well enough, maybe outside of Isaiah in the mid-range, to justify that sort of a shot that early in the clock. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And at the end of the day, like, you know, even if you don't make those shots with six seconds on the shot clock, at least you kept the ball out of the other team's hands for 24 You're seconds. You're the game. Yeah, exactly. You're not and, giving them an easy run out dunk right. off of a turnover. You're right. That's where you've got to play complimentary. It's like in football, right? Like we don't, if you don't have a great passing attack, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play great defense. We're not going to screw anything up on special teams. And we're going to try to get this thing to the last two minutes of the game and see if we can't, you know, whatever, grind out a field goal and win the game. That's, that's the kind of basketball that this team's going to have to play in the big 12 to win with the moment we start trying to spread everybody out and throw it all over the yard. That's not going to go well for us. And it's also going to hurt our defense. Mm -hmm. And I think like that play we talked, you mentioned with, with Tyrese and Gabe, that's the kind of thing that I imagine when, when you sit down, you start to watch the film and you're going through it. Like the coach is going to point that out to Tyrese and be like, man, right here, get going, go downhill. Go right at that guy, you know, yeah. because of the way he approached it or you start to slow down and you're not going to go at him with a full head of steam. Think about how you're going to attack this as a defender. You're like, okay, well, that guy's slowing down. I've got guys that are running from behind him. If he wants to slow down and then go to the rim, I've got these big guys that are chasing him. I, I like our chances with him being able to them being able to at least make that shot a little tougher than what it would have been before. And he's like, yep. there's a three point shooter out there. Well, I'm going to go guard that guy. Because three is more, worth more than two, and this guy doesn't look like he really even wants to attack downhill, you know? So, like, you those things are easily correctable because you can see him on film, and it's like, okay, this is what we want to do, not what you did here. And I think we've seen from Tyrese throughout this year, you know, he has done a much better job of getting into shot blockers' chests and being able to create contact there and finish through it. Like the things that we've talked about with his game, man, he's added a whole bunch of them, you know, and you can see it game in and game out, like where he's making that growth, but it's just, we almost need him to be more selfish in a moment like that. It's like, go do your thing, man. Like, don't, you don't need to rely on setting somebody else up every single time. Like go and you can go and get yours and it's okay. You know, yeah, well, and and I mean, I that's just an example. Uh, there's other you know plays you could point to that don't involve him, yeah. Where, no, yeah, you know, it's, I'm not putting it all on Tyrese. I don't yeah, want the correct basketball play was not made. And I mean, look, Tyrese has had a phenomenal freshman year, right. has an incredibly bright future ahead of him, but yeah, I you know, if I were coaching him, I wouldn't be like, you know, the thing that I would be on him the most about we need you getting downhill and getting into the lane and putting, getting the ball on the rim every chance you can. So I wouldn't be saying don't turn it over or, you know, play defense better or anything like that. Like he does all those things really well for the most part. I would be saying, dude, I need you to be more assertive. Mm -hmm. You are the one guy on this team that in the pick and roll at the top of the key can stress defenses with your speed and quickness and decision-making. And when you do that, it makes Caleb grill a better three point shooter. It makes Gabe a better three point shooter. It makes George a better finisher around the rim. And when you don't do that, all of those guys, their game takes a step back. In addition to you not playing as well. Same thing with Isaiah, Isaiah, every chance you get to get downhill and make a play in this game, we need you to take that because when you don't do that, we don't have anybody else that can do that. Like you can, when you don't do that, it hurts everybody else around you, not just you. That those are the two guys to me that are the playmakers on this team. The guys that night in night out can go in and make plays. And then everybody else can kind of feed off of and play off of that. 
you know, whether that's as an offensive rebounder, a shooter, a, a finisher at the rim, whatever, but that, that, that's probably where it starts. And then it spreads from there into shooters, knowing what types of shots are good shots versus what types of shots are not good shots. And you know, your, your bigs go to the offensive boards. Every time when you get set up with something, you've got to finish, you know, we can't, we can't blow layups at the rim on a consistent basis. And again, it's not any one person. I'm not pointing out any, it's just collectively one through nine we are not executing what is being asked of us offensively as a whole. And it's spread throughout, I would say pretty much everybody on Saturday with maybe the exception of Isaiah who had, you know, another strong game offensively. Yeah. And it's just, you need those guys to have an element of, you got to be a dog, man, an alpha dog, Yeah, you know, and you got to be, you got to have some F you in you. Like to be that guy, you know, I was just going to say the Tyrese doesn't play pissed off enough. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he's too composed. I need him to be a little bit like, you know what? F this. Right. I'm taking this over and you guys can deal with it. You know what I mean? And I I was just going to say, that's one of the things that like, that's what makes someone great. Correct. That's the difference between being really good and being great. You know, when the game is, when your team needs you to go and do something, you say, screw everything else. I'm going to go and do something and you're not going to stop me, you know? And like, that's the thing that I'll always give. It's part of what made Monte Morris so great. Monte was not a guy that was going to do that all the time, but man, when it was time to do it, that guy was going to go and do it, you know? And he was going to get the job done. He was going to get to the rim and get an and one. He was going to knock down a mid range jumper. He was going to draw, get into the paint and dribble through and kick it out to someone for a wide open three. Like he was going to make something happen. And he's like, and I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get it done. And we've talked before about showing him about showing Tyrese Monte Morris clips and James Akinjo tips, like clips and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, there comes a point where it has to flip inside your head that it's like, man, I'm just going to go and do it. And you're not going to stop me. Well, and that's what, that's what separates. You can't be a great player if you don't have a certain level of arrogance with you on the court, now don't take that with you off the court. That's where, you know, things can go sideways for you in your personal life, but on the court, like, like the Kobe's and the Michaels, right? Like, I mean, these guys just had an incredible belief in themselves that they could get themselves to do out of body things. Now, you know, with Tyrese and with Isaiah, you know, I just, I think the thing that I see is like, I need these guys to be more, arrogant on the court. And what I mean by that is not jacking up threes and not, you know, walking around doing celebrations. I'm talking about like, give me the ball, get on my back. And when you're open Gabe and I hit you with an inside outside shot, knock it down. Mm -hmm. When I hit you, George down in the alley, rise up and dunk that thing. And until then let me go work. And that's, what's going to make this team go a little bit. And, and, And again, you can, I'm all for talking scheme and different ways to free those guys up, but that's not good. Just running different plays won't make that happen for no. them. That's something that those two guys have got to take on themselves. And it's a big responsibility to do as a freshman. Look, I could barely walk and chew bubble gum when I was a freshman. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to take on at a young age. So I'm not sitting here and trying to be like, you know, overly critical of somebody. I'm just saying for this team, to go to the NCAA tournament, it's not happened without those two guys going to another level. Right. Just, 
And the guys who can do that when they're freshmen, they're frank. They're, I mean, frankly, they're, those are the special guys. Like special, special. I mean, you know. It, it, I'm and, saying these things about him because I have a huge belief in him. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like you can see it. Like he's got that ability to be special like that, you know, Correct. but it's like, he's got to see it in himself and he's got to be able to take it and go and do it, you know, and like, and not just have it be us sitting here talking about it. It's like, no, like we need like go and go do it, you know, go yeah. do it. You have it in you, you have it in you, you have the ability, you just have to go and do it. And I think that's, that makes it kind of frustrating sometimes, but I, you know, you're absolutely right. Like you can run the most perfect play imaginable. And this is what it comes down to sometimes at the end of the day too. You can run the most beautiful play imaginable. You can get a wide open three pointer where no one's within the same zip code as a guy. doesn't matter if you don't make the shot. God make the shots. And like, sometimes well, and you just, you just have to make shots. And, and I was went up to Tyrese or Isaiah and said, Hey man, this guy is lighting you up on defense. And, and he got after them and he really challenged them. I know that they would come out and Tyrese would make that guy's life miserable. Yeah. Isaiah would do the same thing. He'd be up in him at 35, 40 feet from the basket. I need those guys to feel that challenge on the offensive end. Like, Tyrese, every time you come off a ball screen, why are you not in the paint? Like, why are you not making life hell on that point guard and that big bite? Isaiah, why are you not just getting your shoulder into this guy and just big boy in him on your way to the basket every time? That's the mentality that they have to kind of find. And because when those two do that, it makes everybody else better. And now your role players start to play a little bit better. But without those two guys, I don't think the role players are just going to in and of themselves find enough offensively to just carry this team to victory night in and night out. If I was a, if I was a coach, I would say to Tyrese, the first time you get in the paint, I don't want you to do anything besides one thing, go punch it on somebody. Correct. Put it on his head. First play of the game. I don't care. You got one intention when you're going in that paint. You're putting it, you're putting that thing on somebody's head. You're going to be number one on sports center top 10 tonight, you know, and that's your only intention. If someone takes a charge, whatever, I don't care. Good. Cause that means that you're going to go downhill. We'll adjust later, but we're going to play downhill and you're going to go and punch it on somebody, you know? And like we, because that's what we need from you to draw that attention. And like, he'll get there. I I will say, I mean, we're, we're being very critical of a, a young player, but I shouldn't say we're being very critical. We're, we're really talking, uh, asking a lot of a young player because I think you and I both believe in his talent and ability. And there's no question that at some point in time in his career at Iowa state, probably sooner than later, this is all going to happen for him. But if we're being real about what's going to get this season turned around in conference play and get them into March with postseason aspirations, that's the two guys that it's going to be. Yeah. At the end of the day too, like we don't have any fun these are not fun conversations to have, (laughs) but man, for every, for every time that we've come on here and been able to have fun conversations, like we have to, to maintain any credibility, we have to have these conversations too, you know, and like, they're not fun, but it's just, it's the nature of doing it. And like, it's just one of those things, but all right, let's look ahead to Oklahoma state on Wednesday night. Then, uh, the Cowboys have been playing, playing really good ball. Uh, the only team in the big 12 that is not in the mix to go to the NCAA tournament. And that's only because they are uh, 
they're banned from playing in the postseason. So uh, otherwise they absolutely would be there right in the mix. Um, what have you seen from Oklahoma state when you've been able to, to watch this team? Yeah. Uh, like a lot of big two, I feel like we say this about every big 12 opponent, right? Like yep. athletic, strong, long play with a lot of energy, really grind you defensively. Um, you know, offensively, they're not a work of art, but you know, they're going to try to get, you know, put a lot of pressure on you. They're going to get the ball in the paint and try to play off of that. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like a broken record, but it's going to come down to, you know, on the defensive end, keep the ball out of the paint, rebound it. And then offensively, you know, a lot of the things we just talked about, this team needs to find ways to churn out quality offensive possessions for a full 40 minutes. And if they do that, they will have a very good chance to win this game. But if they just bring it on defense and they just rebound or they don't do those things and they only play 25 minutes of productive offensive basketball, Stillwater is a very difficult place to play. Oklahoma State plays with a ton of energy and enthusiasm in that building. It'll be an uphill battle. So, you know, I see a lot of the same things that I see from, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be this way pretty much every game moving forward, right? Like, Every team's got a little bit more talent. You know, I would say the, 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 the class of the league is Baylor, Texas tech and Kansas. But once you get past those three teams, the teams are very, very, very similar. Um, and, and I, I think that's the, the battle that they have in front of them on Wednesday. Yeah. And it points will absolutely be at a premium in this game. Uh, yep. Neither one of these offenses is, <clears throat> is very good. Uh, they both are in the, 250 or worse, actually 275 or worse nationally in turnovers, uh, turnover percentage. So like manufacture of baskets will probably be the theme of the day. Uh, which team can manufacture more baskets uh, will probably be the team that, that comes out with the win. I know you're not a huge fan of Stillwater. Why is it so hard to play in at Oklahoma state? Man, uh, I think some of it was just, I never played that well there. I, I don't have like a, you know, like the, like Kansas state was another really difficult place to play, but I just seemed to play well there. I never, we, we always played on a, a weeknight and weeknight road games are the hardest games to play. Be, they just are. They're in the middle of the week and we get, it's just, it's for whatever reason, I always found those to be the toughest ones to, to play. And uh, I always was annoyed by that cowboy with the gun. Yep. Matter of fact, somebody wants to, you know, go down and, 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 and I don't know, I probably shouldn't uh, advocate to mess with the mascot, but um, I hate that gun. It's just a tough place to play. They, they, you hate Pistol Pete. Yeah, Pistol I was going to say, somebody wants to go down and, you know, hit a game winner and take that gun and break it over their knee. God bless them. I'd be, I'd cheer them on, but yeah, probably shouldn't do that. Anyways, it just, it's uh, they played a really physical brand of ball in that building. I always thought the officials let them play a really physical brand of ball it was a loud, energetic crowd, and they just really did a good job of getting us and the teams I played on out of our comfort zone. And they did a really good job of getting me out of my comfort zone. I had a really hard time finding quality looks from the foot field there uh, and just never really played all that well there. It's it's because Travis Ford was chirping you from the sidelines, isn't it? He, he was getting in your head because of because of the mess he had to talk over there at the, as head coach. Yeah, no, he, uh, <laughs> that, that, pro that may have been it. it. You don't expect to hear the, hear comments from the coach like that. No, for sure. All right, man. Well, 
we'll talk to you later on in the week after uh after that game and uh hopefully we can have a more fun episode of the podcast then i i would like that absolutely much. all right scott's got a new column up right now on the cyclone fanatic homepage, so make sure and go and check that out uh and then we'll talk to you guys again soon peace